And then I want to preach to you to the best of my ability, but I know God's ability is far greater than what I can do. And uh, let's, let's turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 66. I love, I love the Psalms. I don't know how many of you, and I hope it's a whole lot of you, but I don't know how many of you get, get active in your Bible reading. And uh, I saw something, uh, yeah, Sister Jill, I appreciate what you posted the other day. I think it was yesterday or day before you talked about a year of discipline, and, and you, you talked about, about do, making it a, a, a point in your life this year to read the Bible. And uh, every once in a while she even texts me and will ask a question, and I like that. I want our our congregation, our people to be a people of the word. And so uh, let's read the book of of Psalms chapter 66. It, it's a it's a, a choir, it says to the choir master a song. So this was not just supposed to be some dull, dry reading somewhere, but it was it was designed maybe to be sung, if you will. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give him glorious praise. Now, if that don't start getting something moving in you, you're dead and I can't help you tonight. All right? When I begin to read things like that, it just affirms that that I'm serving the right God. And you'll understand here in a moment when I talk a little bit about worship. But shout for joy to God all the earth and sing glory to his name. Sing to him glorious praise. And if you don't know how to do it, he tells you, say to God how awesome are your deeds, how great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Do you feel something moving? How about let's go a little further. Come and see what God has done. How awesome he is in his deeds toward the children of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There we did rejoice him who rules by his might forever. Whose eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious ones exalt themselves. Bless our God, O people. Let the sound of our praise be heard. Who has kept our soul among the living and has not let our feet slip. For you, O God, has tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through water, yet you brought us out to a place of abundance. And I will come into your house with burnt offerings, and I will perform my vows to you that my lips have uttered and my mouth promised when I was in trouble. I'm not preaching about this, but let me just hang on for just a second. When you get into a tight spot, when you get into one of those moments where you don't know what to do, and all of a sudden you start making all these promises to God, God, I'll serve you, I'll do whatever it takes, just save me, you better do that when he does save you. Let me say it one more time what the Bible says. I I will come into your house with burnt offerings. I will perform my vows to you, which my lips uttered and my mouth promised when I was in trouble. He said, I'll offer to you the burnt offerings of fattened animals with the smoke of sacrifice of rams. I will make an offering of bulls and goats. Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he's done for my soul. I will cry to him with my mouth. My high praise was on my tongue. I, when I, if, if I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly God has listened, and he has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he's not rejected my prayer or moved his, removed his steadfast love from me. I like that psalm. And I want to I just kind of hymn on all of that, but really that first verse, shout for joy to God. And I want to preach to you, it's an interesting title, but I want to preach to you the festal 
shout, the festal shout. Would you bow your head and would you ask God to let his word speak? Father, we love you, we thank you, and we bless your name. Lord, we have come into your presence and we're going to give you glory and we're going to give you praise. I ask right now that you would let your word come alive to us and speak to us, we pray, in the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. And you may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, let's not get quiet. Now here's why I need you not to get quiet, because I'm like you. I don't make excuses, but I hate daylight savings time. I hate it. In fact, if they would please do, I don't get very political behind the pulpit. I've made it a point, but can I get political for one second? Call your your representative and your senator and tell them to vote yes on abolishing daylight savings time. Let's just keep the same time all year long. It'll be so nice. Hopefully, you know, that's okay to be political in that sense. I hate daylight savings time. I really hate it when daylight savings time comes and you don't get to bed until about 2 o'clock normal time, which is then 3 o'clock daylight savings time. I got more sleep this afternoon than I think I've gotten in the last 48 hours with the bathroom remodel and all of that. And So if you go to sleep tonight, I'm going to sleep. So I need your shout for a moment. The festal shout. There's something incredible when you begin to read the Bible. I love reading the Bible, and I've said it. I know I'm a broken record, but I don't apologize for it. I read the Bible. I've read these, these, these psalms over and over, and then all of a sudden one little word jumps out, boom, and I want to show you where it is. Would you turn with me to the Psalms, chapter 89. Ethan, the Ezraite, wrote this. It's another song, if you will, that he wrote. And, and let me just kind of go through the first uh, 18 verses or so. I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said steadfast love will be built up forever. In the heavens you establish your faithfulness. You have said I will make a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant that I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations. Selah. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? And who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord? He's a God greatly to be feared in the council of the holy ones. And awesome above are all who are around him. And O Lord of hosts, who is mighty as you are? O Lord, with your faithfulness all around you, you rule the raging of the sea. This is what Brother uh, Jared was talking about here just a few moments ago. You rule the raging of the sea. And when the Waves rise up, you still them. You crushed Rahab like a carcass. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. By the way, this is not Rahab, the one that you read about in Joshua's time. This is a different Rahab, a different understanding. And I've got another sermon coming down the pipeline where I'm going to talk about the other Rahab that we see here. But the heavens are yours, verse 11, and the earth also is yours. The world and all that is in it, you have founded them. The north and the south, you created them. Tabar and Hermon joyously praise your name. You have a mighty arm. Strong is your hand, high is your right hand. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. And steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. 
And watch verse 15. Blessed are the people who know the festal shout, who walk, O Lord, in the light of your face, who exalt in your name all the day, and in your righteousness they are exalted. For you are the glory of their strength, and by your favor our horn is exalted. For our shield belongs to the Lord, our King, the Holy One of Israel. Festal shout. It's a little different word. I think we can read that, and the closest thing that my mind jumps to is festivities or festivals, and you're not that far off when it begins to come to that. And uh, that festal shout is an interesting word. Now, there's plenty of places in the Bible where they shouted, and we'll get on there a few of them. We'll, we'll hit uh, Joshua chapter 6 here in a moment, and, and the shout that happened around the walls of Jericho, and that same shout is recorded as a festal Shout. But before I do that, I, I, I've got to take you a, a little bit and, and try to take you out of 2019 O'Fallon, Missouri and put you back into the times uh, of the biblical children of Israel trying to live for God and, and all the way back to the days of Moses and, and the days of, of giving the law on Mount Sinai. The Lord established festivals in, in the time periods. You, 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 you have the, the, the Passover and you have the Day of Atonement and you have the Feast of Tabernacles and the Feast of Booths. You have all of these different festivals. There was a festival that they had that would celebrate the first harvest and they would give God praise for providing them sustenance. There was a festival for when they planted their harvest, asking God to bless them. and uh, it, it was a pretty amazing thing. Have you ever read in the Bible, especially around David or, or Solomon, how they would, it, it tells you they sacrificed thousands upon thousands of animals like in a day. Have you, any, any of you read something like that? Now, if you go back to, to the, the, the Levitical law, the sacrifices, we get this idea that they would lay a whole animal on the sacrifice, and sometimes they did, but if you'll read Leviticus and, and some of those places, you'll find they didn't necessarily put the whole animal on the altar. There were different parts of the animal that they would put there. There were different places. And then uh, some of the meat that was, was there was, was used for the... Um it was used for the priests and all the Levitical, Levitical priesthood for them to eat. And, but on festival days... They would have great sacrifices, and it was first and foremost praise to God. But then all of that other stuff, man, that's what they had a party. And, and I know sometimes the Old Testament seems pretty bloody and it seems pretty, pretty dire, but can I just tell you that the children of Israel, with the instructions of the Lord, had knew how to have a good time. When they came to church, they didn't come to church with their head hanging. They didn't come to church dragging in, but when they began to gather for these festivals, it was something they had looked forward to for a long time. Many of their festivals started with, the sh with a, a blowing of the shofar, the ram's horn, and, and, and they could flat uh, pierce the, the, the sky with that noise, and you could begin to hear it reverberating off the mountains that surrounded Jerusalem, and they knew we're about to, to, to go and worship the Lord. There's going to be sacrifices, and it's going to be glorious. It's going to be great, and we're going to give a great shout. It's a beautiful shout of triumph. 
It's a shout that that says God has blessed me. I've just read to you two different uh, verses or two different you know parts of chapters, and there's a whole lot more I could read. But there was something about that. The psalmist kept saying over and over, "Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Lift up your hands, clap your hands, all you people, and lift up your hands." There's all of this, and it was a festive uh, a festive time. They would come to those festivals and they had their issues sickness was present that's nothing new financial distress that was present, that's nothing new heartaches and, and, and circumstances and situations but when they would come into the presence of God many times they would lay those things aside for a moment and they would say you know today I'm worshiping a God greater than my situation I'm worshiping a God greater than my problems I'm worshiping a God greater than all the things that have been in my life I've come to give God a festal shout now I, 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 I'm not a Bible scholar like some are, and I, 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 I desire, I'm constantly learning more. I want to learn more, but other than the facts when God has to chastise Israel for their sin, their church services were a time of celebration. And I, I want, if I could, and maybe give you a different, or, or a, 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 you know, two sides of a, of a coin. You had the children of Israel coming together and every time they came to the presence of God, it was worship and it was shouting and it was joyous and it was you are God alone, you're the Holy One of Israel and they were right smack dab in an area where there was a lot of pagan worshiping. Now, I can just pull a few because I don't, I don't spend a lot of time researching false doctrine, okay? I don't spend a lot of time researching uh, idolatry. I, I really don't need to know a lot about it. But I have seen a few snapshots in the Bible. There, there's this, this contest that happens on the top of Mount Carmel. Prophets of Baal and Elisha. Elijah. And, and, and Elijah gets out there and, and, and he's sitting and he's waiting. He's letting the prophets of Baal do it. And they're trying to get their God to answer by fire. You familiar with the story? How did they do it? They cut themselves. They're bleeding all over the ground. They're crying. They're sobbing. They're getting mad. The Bible says they, 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 they do that until they don't, can't even speak anymore. Their voices are stripped. They're hoarse. And then, and then Elijah gets up there and just, I think it's a 66-word prayer of praise and honor to God. And God, quite a difference. We, we talked about abortion a couple weeks ago, a month or so ago, and, and we, we talked about the God of Molech. And one of the things about the God of Molech is if you worship the God of Molech, there was some some statue, bronze statue, if you will. And, and the way you worship the God of Molech was to bring your children to it. And, and, and there's different versions of it, but some was, was there was hands that you would, you would lay your child in those bronze or, or hands and the fire would be in there and it would burn that child alive or you would throw it in a furnace. And I don't know, I, I mean, that's just disgusting, but can you imagine that being your church service? There was something different about the worship of those that followed the one true God and the worship of those that didn't because I can only imagine what the church of Molech sounded like. 
the church of Molech was nothing but screams and agony and anguish and, and it was mothers that, that felt compelled to do it but they didn't want to and they were having to sacrifice their children it was bloody, it was nasty, it was smoky it, was, it, 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 it wasn't joyful then you look across the border and there's the children of Israel now it's bloody and smoky they sacrifice and there was uh, uh, animals killed but there were those standing around going great is our God and greatly to be praised as high as the heavens are on the earth so great is my God he, he's awesome God he's a holy God he's a mighty God he's a gracious God and, and even when he had to chastise me even when he had to thump me upside the head he still pulls me out of it he still gives me what a difference there was in the shout of Israel and the shout of those around. Something about it, a festal shout. Festal shout. Now, anybody can shout whenever things going good. Anybody can worship when everything is just right. But the festal shout says, I'm going to give God praise when it appears all hope is lost. The festal shout says, I'm going to come into the presence of God and I know the odds are stacked against me and I know victory seems impossible and I know that there are circumstances that are unyielding that I don't understand how in the world I will get it over, over that, but I'm going to still come and I'm going to still give God praise. That is a festal shout. The festal shout. There's two ways that you can translate this word that would have been in the Hebrew, but we get festal shout. One of them means an acclamation of joy, and another one means a battle cry. And neither one of them carry a greater weight than the other. The festal shout is no more a, a shout of praise as it is a battle cry. Neither is it any more a battle cry than a shout of praise. They kind of go together. And the reason is they both operate on the basis of faith. When I come into the presence of God, and I begin to lift up my hands and I begin to rejoice and I begin to give him praise. Yeah, I praise him because of what he's done. But I'll tell you, sometimes I just praise him simply because of who he is. I don't have everything perfect. My, my ducks aren't all in a row. My life isn't just peaches and cream. I've still got the circumstances and the situations and sickness rears its head and darkness comes in and, and doubt and fear and chaos is there. But when I come into the presence of God, I begin to lift my hands and I let that festal shout come out. It's about faith. But also... A battle cry. Now, I've not done a, 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 a ton of research on, on this. The, the first battle cry that comes to my mind is the battle cry of Joshua. But I, I like the Civil War, and I know there's several here that are, that are you know, big in, in Civil War history. I like the Civil War. and There was one element uh, of, of the Civil War that, that has been recorded several times, and it was the rebel cry. That that the 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 rebel states and they, they didn't have the they didn't have the same uh, you know they they were horribly under uh, you know they, they didn't have all of the weapons and all of that sometimes they were using their own personal weapons from their home and their squirrel guns and all of that their uniforms didn't always match but you can read it in this in in one of them in the story of Gettysburg it's Pickett's Charge and when they would 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 take off running. 
they had this rebel cry, and there's been different ones that have tried to, to, to explain what it is, and I don't know how it sounded. I'm not about to try. But it, it was, it was a, a cry. It was a shout, and, and they would charge, and it brought fear to the other side. There are stories of entire regiments and squads of soldiers that would literally retreat when they heard that battle cry across the field, and nothing had changed. A shot hadn't been fired. It's not a battle cry because we won the war. It's not a battle cry because we won the battle. It was a battle cry before anything has even happened. And I believe that that is an element of faith. That in our life, not only do we shout because God is good, but it also becomes a battle cry that echoes Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 17 that says, I will be victorious because God is the mighty one who saves not I am victorious, not everything's happened, but I will be victorious because I know who God is. He's the mighty one to save. And so sometimes in the midst of the struggle and in the midst of the fight and in the midst of the circumstances, you just need to stand back and square your shoulders and say great is God. He's a holy God. I don't know where it's all going to play out. I don't know how it's all going to come, but there's a festal shout inside of me that says great. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Romans 8, 31 says, if God be for us, then who can be against us? A festal shout. A festal shout. They, they understood how it all played out. I... I we, we've done this this uh, uh, pillars uh, of the faith, this, this foundations over the last couple of Sundays, and we've got got uh, you know next Sunday, and I, I'm still every once in a while I, I, I debate which which pillar do I want to hit, but one that's coming up either next Sunday or the next one is going to be there's a foundation that we have to have that's worship, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about worship, so I'm just giving you a a uh, a, a tidbit of it for a moment. The um, the story of Jericho that you that you find there in, in, in Joshua. And let's turn there, Joshua chapter 6. In, in Joshua uh, there, you, you find the story where they have come over the Jordan's uh, river and they are now getting into the place where God has called them. This is the promised land. And the very first place they get stuck at is Jericho. It's an incredible city. Uh, a city that, that probably the likes of them had never seen. Uh, the only thing close would have been Egypt and, and, and what they would have seen there. And they were 400 and something or 40 years removed from Egypt. Most of them had already died. And so they had never seen a city like this. Some scholars say the walls of the city were so thick you could have, they had houses inside the walls you could race chariots along the top of the walls it was an insurmountable city especially with a bunch of Israelites that didn't have any siege equipment or any great weapons they were wanderers in the field Jericho, the Bible says, Joshua chapter 6, Jericho was shut up inside and out. There was a siege going on because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and its mighty men of valor. And here's what you're going to do. You're going to march around the city, all the men of the war, going around the city once. 
You shall do this for six days. And then seven day, or and seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ran horns before the ark. And on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall flat. That word great shout is a festal shout. Now, now, now hopefully you... You, you understand that. You know, I, I hope you, you know the story of Jericho. Those children of Israel gathered there, and they begin to march. All the way around that city, they, they had their weapons, they had their armor, and they marched. Nothing happened that first day. They marched that second day. Nothing happened, but they were there. The third day, the fourth day, fifth day, sixth day, they would march one time. And you can only imagine what the, the people of Jericho were thinking and how it was all kind of being played out. And I'm sure there were taunts tossed over the wall. And if you uh, follow the theology of, of, um, uh, of uh, uh, veggie tales, they threw Slurpees over the wall. If you don't have kids, you may not understand that, but... VeggieTales took that story and took a few creative liberties, but they were trying to get the point across. But uh, uh, they, they did that. There were taunts that flew over the wall. They, it, this was warfare like they had never seen. But then on that seventh day, six times around, but then that last one, they blew that trumpet and they began to shout. That joyful, festive shout that began to pierce the noise and uh, uh, of them marching and it pierced the walls there. And the Bible said that when they shouted a great shout, the wall fell flat. A festal shout. It was a tumultuous noise. It was, I don't think that they said the same word. It was not just a, a great hallelujah. It came from the hearts of each and every one that were there and they began to worship and they began to praise and they began to glorify and I'm going to tell you right now that I am quite confident the walls of Jericho did not fall down to a polite hand clap. I, uh, I'm very careful. I try, I try hard not to just, you know, give little cliches and preach cliches. Those are fairly weak. And, and, and if, if, if your preaching or your ministry is all wrapped around cliches and, and cute little sayings, it, there, there needs to be a greater depth than that. And I, I try not to get hung on that. And, but, but, but there is something that's very interesting is because there is one other place that a festive shout can be heard that maybe would make more sense than you have ever thought about, and that is... All you have to do is go to any stadium or arena in our country and you will hear a festive shout. I love sports. I have to be very careful because I'm also very competitive. And I've told the story of being pastor here uh, uh, early on and, and we had a softball team and this is when the Lord told me I can no longer play any type of competitive softball with my church people because when one of our young men dropped the ball, a routine fly, and I yelled at him and I said, you idiot, why'd you drop the ball? I said, pastor can't do that. So you won't see me play a lot of board games with you? You're not going to see me play a lot of games with you? Here's why. Because when I play a game, I hate you, and I hope you die. 
I want to win. There are no participation trophies with Pastor Buford. I want to smash you. I want to uh, stomp on you. I, I want, I, I'm competitive. I love sports. I, I love seeing them. And I, I, I've seen it. I've been around it. I, I know what it is. And all you got to do is, is, is let a touchdown pass be thrown into the end zone. All you have to do is let someone hit a home run. Let someone put a puck in the net. Let someone put a basket at the last second that wins the game. And you will hear a festal shout. It's a shout that, that just begins to re, reverberate in the stadium or the arena. And there's no one way that you can do it. In fact, you probably won't even be able to decipher a certain word or anything like that. It's just a noise, a cacophony of noise that begins to grow. And so I want to tell you today, I know it's a cliche and I know it hell, it's been used way too many times. But I cannot, I will not, I won't allow anything else in this world or life to give more of a shout of glory and praise than what Brandon Buford is going to give to the King of Kings and the glory of God because I know what he's done. <laughs> it's not... In fact, one person, I think, I don't know who he is. I, I just happened to come across a, a tidbit on, on the internet. Jim Freeman, he has a little blog, and I couldn't even find where the blog was. But he, he wrote this. He said that Psalms 89 does not refer to a liturgical moan. It's a festive shout. It grows out of a heartfelt desire to stand in the presence of God. He goes on to say, nor is it a congregational giggle. It's a festival shout. It's a responsible way, not only of worship, but as living as part of a wider community. Nor is it a Sunday sob. It is a festal shout. And Christians, it comes as a response to the joyous news of the resurrection. It's not just paying lip service to God. It's a glad offering of our very selves to the will of God. That's why I can't just... Give a little clap every once in a while. Now there is a lot of words in the Bible, a lot of verses in the Bible that talks about clap your hands unto God. And I'm going to do that. But those walls of Jericho, they didn't fall down because people said, oh, hallelujah. There was a festal shout. Festal shout. I'm always amazed. And you can find this in the Bible. Michael, David's wife, David did a festal shout when the ark of God came back into Jerusalem. He danced. He, he took off his king's robes. He, he, he wasn't dancing so that everybody would see the king. In fact, he didn't even want people to think about him as a king. He just became a worshiper like everybody else, and he took off his king's robes, and he danced wildly before the Lord. He was so excited that the presence of God was coming back in, and Michael's sitting up there in the top of her little, her, her little house, and she's looking down, and she, she in her mind, she was so ashamed of her husband's worship, and, 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 the, and the, the attitude that she had caused God to make her barren and I read somewhere else that it's amazing how every time the inner child of us wants to begin to shout to joy to our king of kings it's our inner Pharisee that does its best to rein it in <laughs> in fact Matthew chapter 21 and verse 15. Here's a verse I hadn't really ever put into this context. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that Jesus did and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. 
I got a whole sermon one day I want to preach on, on how they got church wrong. The Pharisees got mad. The, the preachers, if I could use that, the preachers got mad when Jesus healed inside their church services. They got mad when Jesus, in the middle of their church service, would cast out demons. They would rather the demons be present in church than God to move in their church services. Here, they were mad that people were worshiping the God incarnate. They were mad. They got church wrong. Here's what I say, Lord, anytime you want to move in my church, go right ahead. Anytime you want to deliver or set free, go right ahead. Anytime you want to heal, go right ahead. Anytime somebody wants to worship, go right ahead because there is a festal shout. One person said that the part of the blessing of the festal shout is that it binds the spirit of religion and it releases a true spirit of worship. I kind of agree with that. It's an appropriate response from earth to heaven that that provokes a response of blessing from heaven to earth. I stumbled over that. Let me say it again. When you begin to shout unto God, it is a response from earth to heaven that provokes a blessing down from heaven to earth. Here is what Numbers chapter 23 and verse 21 says. He has not beheld misfortune in Jacob, nor has he seen trouble in Israel. The Lord their God is with them, and the shout of a king is among them. Can I just tell you today at the lighthouse in O'Fallon, Missouri, we are in the presence of the king, and there is a festal shout that begins to percolate and begins to walk. Hallelujah. We lose all too often the shout. But I'm thankful that I stand in the midst of a church that loves to worship. I've seen it time and time again. I've seen it from the back of the church to the front of the church. I've seen it from side to side. I'm not here to preach you into conviction. I'm not here to tell you or condemn you because I know our church understands. I just wanted to give you a different look at the worship that God ha- that, that we should give to God. This festal shout and what it means. It's twofold. It's a shout of acclamation to him and it's a battle cry. Too many times we let the enemy give us a a psychological defeat before he ever lays a hand on us. It's the it's the whole uh, spies that came out of out of Jericho the first time, and they said, you know, we were there and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and the enemy won a battle right there without one shot being fired. Because they they didn't understand the faith of a battle cry. There's a lot of places in, in, in our in history that does that. Wars, entire wars have been won without a shot being fired because of the psychological warfare that goes on. I can't remember exactly where it was. Some of you historians may could could tell me, but somewhere in the European front, uh, uh, the, the army was coming in and and I think it was Germany that was invading, and I don't know if they were invading Poland or France or if they were going over to Russia, but but there wasn't enough uh, of the good guys. There wasn't enough tanks. There wasn't enough embattlements, and so they they built tanks out of wood, and they painted them, and they they lined them up, and they put wooden guns inside the bunkers, and they the enemy decided to retreat because it saw the fake guns, and it didn't know any better. The enemy's done that a lot to you and I. 
He likes the smoke screen. He likes the, the fake. He, he, he likes to get you uh, set back on your heels a little bit. And he never fired a shot. But I'm here to today to tell you that if you'll ever get in your mind that you can lift up a shout to God that is both acclamation to him but also it's a battle cry that says you are God alone and you're also the God that fights my battles. And while I'm not exactly sure how in the world we're going to get inside Jericho, you told me if I just march around my issue for a moment and if I would lift up a shout to heaven, you would do the work. And so my faith says, have your way. My faith says, do your work, Lord, in Jesus' name. Can I invite your attention back to Psalms chapter 89? Psalms 89 there, you know, it, it's amazing. I, God does this a lot to me, and it's usually because maybe I wasn't paying attention in the first place. I know it's hard for y'all to think that pastor would ever get, get off track, but I had in my mind, and I, I wrote it in my notes, this saying here in a moment, and I, I, I wrote it according to Jericho that they marched around the walls for 12 times. Six days once, and the seventh day, six times. And they marched, and nothing happened. And then on that seventh time, which would have been the 13th time, and the shout that goes forth, then they begin to praise, and the walls fell. But but I, I begin to write this down, and then all of a sudden I... I read Psalms 89 and verse 15 again and I want to invite you to stand with me blessed are the people who know the festal shout that's what I've been preaching to you for the last I don't know 30 minutes maybe longer I have no idea but did you catch that second phrase blessed are the people who know the festal shout who walk, O Lord, in the light of your faith. You and I, I, this is something that I hope I can explain to you. You and I, we cannot twist God's arm. Our praise, while I just talked about the, the, the fact that we praise from, from earth to heaven and it provokes a response from heaven to earth, it is not that we control God with our praise. It is not that we control God with our worship. Our festal shout in, an, in its own right doesn't have any power. But let me tell you the power that you have because I would written in my notes that you cannot have the shout without the walk. For 12 times, those people walked. For seven days, those people walked. And it was because of their daily walk with God. It gave the shout that they were going to give on that seventh time around a lot more uh, validity than someone who says, oh, I'm in a tight spot. Let me give God praise when I'm in a tight spot. That's why you hear me preach about discipline. That's why you hear me preach about walking and living for God. It's because the walk determines the power of your shout. It's the, the way that you have a relationship with God that determines the power of the shout that echoes from your lips. You can't have the shout without the walk. 
And so why don't you not get the cart before the horse? Why don't you learn to walk with God daily? Sometimes it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. But just keep on walking with him. Just keep on staying with him. Just keep on being with him. Because one day he's going to say, I'm blowing the trumpet. Now let us shout go. And when the shout begins to leave your lips, those walls come tumbling down. Blessed are they who know the festal shout who walk with the Lord in his light. I believe today that I'm looking out on a congregation of people who walk with the Lord. I believe I'm looking out on a congregation of people who have walked in the light of his glory and his countenance. And so I'm giving you permission tonight to let a festal shout that's not only a shout of acclamation that's not only a shout of praise but for many of you it's going to be a little bit of your battle cry that says oh God I'm not yet fought the battle I'm not even got a foot hardly on the battlefield but God greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world and so tonight I'm going to let a shout of praise go tonight I'm going to let a glory rise from the bottom of my lips I'm going to let the glory rise and I'm going to give him praise for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Oh, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Somebody help me. Oh.